Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Martineau. Now, this week's guest is someone we have had on the show before. Dr. Kathleen Stein-Smith is a tremendous advocate for French language education and foreign language education in general. Though on this episode, we will specifically be talking about a new project that I am incredibly excited to be part of. And this is a new book called French All Around Us, French Language and Francophone Culture in the United States. Among the contributing authors that will be familiar to listeners of this podcast, they include my sister Monique Carnes, Melody Desjardins, Tim Beaulieu, Robert Perrault, Elizabeth Blood, David Vermette, Scott Tilton, Ben Levine, Joseph Dunn, all have been on the podcast before, all are part of this new book, which is very, very cool. Kathy, welcome back to the French Canadian Legacy Podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for inviting me back. I, I love your podcast, and it really it, it plays such a great role for all of us, not only in New England and beyond, uh, who are interested in all things Francophone, but especially those things French-Canadian legacy-related. Thank you for inviting me today. Of course, of course. Thank you back. So where did you get this idea for a book to begin with? Well, the idea came from actually several of the people that you've just mentioned. You know, at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, I mean, it was really a tragic time for everybody. Everything, in a sense, was really disruptive. Our, one of our authors, David Vermette, has written that French in the United States and Francophone culture in the United States at times are, are relatively invisible, and which is paradoxical because of, first of all, the long history of French language and culture in the U.S., you know, in New England, in the whole Mississippi Valley area of the United States, and in many areas along the East Coast, as well as in other parts of the country. And it also, the closeness of Quebec, the friendship between the United States and France. I mean, France was our our first ally in the um, American Revolution. We would not be the U.S. today had it not been for French support, assistance, military, economic, and political. So it's paradoxical that at times, French language and Francophone culture remain relatively, you could say, in the background, not really prominent in the public conversation. And this became, this um, um, concern became even stronger at the story of the COVID pandemic. I remember a group of us, some of us knew each other in person, from the same part of the country. Others of us were all in our our individual areas and maybe knew each other through social media or through the work that they had done, through the books that they had written. We started to talk about, you know, what, what should we do? What can we do? What must we do to really ensure that French, which is such an important part of our American cultural identity, has its rightful place in our convers in our public conversation. And we started to talk and people were doing different projects. You know, your your own blog, uh, podcast and blog, the, the great New Hampshire Poutine Fest, the activities of the Franco-American Center, the video uh, Reveille by uh, Ben Levine and Julia Schultz, the work of um, Elizabeth Blood, for example, um, on Quebec um, history and on using Quebec as a platform 
for French language learning. You know, all of these things were going on. And of course, the work of all of our authors in the other different parts of the sure. country, David Vermette's book had recently been published. So we thought about it, what should we do? And we did um, blog posts, we did podcasts. Uh, you and Tim even did a podcast called The Poutine Challenge. Okay. <laughs> and um, we, we which, did our best. Which, and Mike is at the table. He was involved with filming some of that silliness as no, well. No, and you know, last time I looked, that was far and away our most popular podcast. Awesome. But then we, but then we said, you know, I mean, COVID um, continued, and and the situation in the U.S. and around the world, you know, continued to be disrupted in in all kinds of ways, you know, tragically, um, health-wise, economically, I mean, travel-wise, I mean, all the rest. I know your own wonderful uh, experience, your séjour in Quebec was even postponed by COVID. Sure was. And, and I'm so glad you did have the opportunity to go. <laughs> yeah, my my beloved Chateau Frontenac looks over me as I speak. Absolutely, I miss it. And so this idea of a book came out of our conversations you know, our informal group, I mean, I think we were meeting about once a month and talking, you know, what should we do? What can we do? How can we work together rather than each of us working in our own spot? And so the idea of uh, putting out a call for authors, which we did in uh, January of 2021, call for authors and uh, to write a chapter, tell your story, impact of French on your life, your family, um, your your history, but then also, what are you doing? What what are the actions you're taking to support and promote French language and francophone culture? And how do you see the future of all of this in the U.S.? And it's important to talk about that because the book is just not about people who speak French. Sure. I mean, there are a lot of us um, who have been here for hundreds of years. You know, America, our American. Um, melting pot um called referred to more recently perhaps as a mosaic as they do in canada but for a long time a melting pot was characterized by assimilation which included language loss so many of us uh do not speak the language that our parents or grandparents or, or or ancestors had spoken so we have to include that in any conversation of francophone culture it's 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 certainly a language of course but it's beyond language you know, it's part of our identity of who we are, our story. Absolutely. Now, the there is a second editor on this project as well, and I want to make sure we mention him, Fabrice Geomont. Now, mm-hmm. can you just, who is, for those who might not know Fabrice, who is Fabrice and how did he end up affiliated with this project? Fabrice Geomont is an absolutely wonderful person. Um, he has written, spoken, and most importantly, also actively advocated for multilingualism, you know, yeah. in the United States and beyond. I first came to know of Fabrice Germont when I um, read an article in the New York Times about French immersion programs in the New York City public schools. As you can probably tell by the way I speak, I'm from the New York area. <laughs> yeah, and, you, uh, you don't yeah. have a Quebecois accent, no. No, no, no. <laughs> New York, New York. Absolutely. But um, I became, I, I saw his name in connection with that. And I was interested and he published a book, a groundbreaking book called The Bilingual Revolution. It talked about how parents can get together start an immersion program, a a dual language immersion program in their town, their community, their school district. And it actually, I mean, it's a great book. 
it has really the, the great ideas behind multilingualism, you know, good for us as individuals, good for our society, sure. and good for our world. It also has a very practical, quote unquote, roadmap for parents and community activists and um, community leaders who are interested in perhaps starting one of these programs in, um, and, in a public school setting or uh, by extension in a charter school setting. This book really was um, quite groundbreaking and still is. And then I started to um, actually um, uh, correspond and first to cite him in my own work Sure. what he had said, because his words were really so important. And then also, I started to, um, you know, correspond with him. And we actually had worked on a project together uh, some years ago. And he uh, seemed like really um, the perfect person to be involved in a project like this, because it is about French within this context of a multilingualism, a multilingual United States and multilingual world. Also, because the publisher of this book is important. It's one thing, every book needs authors, but it also needs a publisher. But also it needs to have the right kind of publisher in alignment with its message. You know, and the great thing about the organization CALEC, the Center for Languages, Communities, and Families, is that it is a not-for-profit. They, they do good work for their communities and beyond. And there's no, nobody's doing this to get rich. And their publishing arm is TBR Books. And that is the publisher of our book. You know, uh, no one's in this uh, for the money. Everybody involved with this project, sure. from the team at Calic, the editorial team, to uh, my really very esteemed co-editor, Fabrice Chaumont, uh, we are in this because we believe. You know, advocacy, which this really is, has to be values driven. You know, naturally the data is important. You sure. know, who we are, where are we, um, how numerous are we, how many of us are there. Um, but also it has to be driven by core values. And we will believe that within a context of multilingualism, both at home and beyond, and in French, the primary language for many of us, and certainly the primary heritage for most of us. Now, one thing that did strike me the first time I was able to read uh, the book was the diversity of the different authors that kind of surprised me, considering we're all talking about a pretty, you would think we're all talking about our Franco-American experiences and background, but we got people from all over the country. We got very different backgrounds, very different approaches to the chapter, some very academic, some not at all, uh, different races, different. It was, it's just a really, really, really interesting collection. So could you just talk a little bit about kind of that diversity of the authors that we have contributing to this project? Well, you know, first I have to say thank you. Okay. Thank you to all the authors. You know, all of you are value, values driven in your writing. And, and that's easy to see in the author bios, but also in your author chapters. We believe in French. It's why it's important to us, but also to our country and to the world. And honestly, um, what happened was we really were surprised. I mean, you remember this. We, we put out a call for authors right. on a very simple little web page. And we decided to make the date. We did this in January of 2021. And our date submission of the proposal symbolically was the 20th of March of last year. Uh, International Francophonie Day, Journée Internationale de la Francophonie. 
and um, we had we got a lot of responses. Then we had people come out and say, "Hey, can I help?" You know, for example, we had our good friends at the Franco American Center posted our call for authors, our call for proposals, prominently on their their homepage. And we also had the wonderful people at the Delegation du Québec at Boston offer to post it. Uh, I believe they posted it out on Facebook for us. So we had friends helping us. And um, the result was we had um, a lot of people interested. Now, life intervenes, you know, uh, March, the summer came shortly after our our proposals were submitted. Sure. Some people were not able to for time, for family, for other commitments. Some people were not able to continue through that process. But we ended up with, I believe it's 22, 21 or 22 chapters, aka a couple of chapters, your own included. Um, they were written by joint authors, you know, um, yep. you and Monique Cairns and um, Ben Levine and Julia Schultz. I believe the others are all written by solo authors but and then the chapters then were due and then of course um you know uh we became very excited because then the chapters were due and it was going to the publisher and there was going to be this whole editorial process but oh my gosh or as i guess <laughs> the kid would say omg the, the ambassador of france graciously offered to write the preface to the book oh my gosh yeah, how did that come about? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It. I'm sure it was through the good offices of Calic and TBR Books. I had written to the consul in New York, uh, Jeremy Robert, who has been a guest on our podcast and who is very supportive. I mean, he's out and about. He uh, Last Bastille Day, he was out in Central Park. I think he made an appearance in Jersey City. I mean, he's really out and about working for... Uh, French language and culture in the New York metro area. And I had written to him, actually asking him, would he be able to help us saying something about the book? Sure. And the next thing I knew, the ambassador, um, he said he had taken it, thought it was a good, a great idea, and had taken it to the ambassador, and the ambassador was willing to do it. And all I could say is, thank you, thank you, thank you, merci infiniment, <laughs> oh la la, okay? And um, then we were really uh, additionally blessed. I mean, that was just wonderful. And the, the ambassador, Philippe Etienne, you have to actually, everybody who reads this book really has to read that preface. It, it, is, it is wonderful. You know, and I am so grateful. And then we were blessed a second time, the um, ambassador to the UN of the Francophonie, of the International French or Francophone Organization, Iphigenia Contaleontos offered to say a few words in praise of our project, advanced praise. I think that's the publisher's term for it. Yes. And closer to home, the Speaker of the House in the uh, main legislature, Ryan Fecto, who had been a, a guest on our podcast also, um, offered uh, to say a few words also. And I mean, it was really, I mean, these people we asked and they, they supported us. So, I mean, that really is a whole, adds a whole other dimension, I think, to the book. Sure. It, it's our stories, the stories of um, the authors. And I have to admit, um, you know, Fabrice and I had written the introduction 
And I just wrote a brief conclusion on advocacy, which is people will say it's my my passion. I will say it's, it's a, a, a major interest of mine. <laughs> but um, I just wrote the conclusion. The stories are yours. The stories are the stories of the authors of the book. You know, what Fabrice and I did was really um, to support, to help um, in all the ways that uh, we could. And different ways, each one of us really played a different role. But um, the stories are yours. And I think this wonderful support coming from not only the government of France, the ambassador of France, the, or, the international organization of the Francophonie, right? founders of this International Francophone Day, and also a, a, a Franco-American from New England, political leader. Um, I think this is really, it was wonderful that they were able to come out um, in support of us. It really, support for the authors. It was incredibly exciting. We, we've all, we've had Speaker Facto on, on the podcast as well. And that's a gentleman who's <laughs> got an incredibly bright future. And he is very, very passionate about the same kind of things we're very passionate about or interested in, I guess, in your case, right? <laughs> Big interested <laughs> in your case. Uh, but no, I mean, to me, it's really, really neat because you read through the book and obviously there's those like, you know, myself and my sister whose background comes from, you know, the family heritage in Quebec. But you also have, you know, the Cajun or Creole story as well. You have people coming from um, the African immigrant backgrounds and telling their story. You have uh, Native American background and you hear some of that story, which is always really, really cool to just see this all kind of put together. And I guess I guess my next question, you have all these different contributing authors with various backgrounds. Like I said, some are super like very academic, some are not at all. How did you decide what what order you were going to structure all of these together? You know, um, my initial um, idea was that we it should be an alphabetical listing. You know, fair is fair. You know, yep. and that way, no one person was really given um, prominence. Uh, everybody was equally prominent. It was an alphabetical listing. Now, during the editorial process, it became more and more apparent that people were also speaking from really very different. Uh, regional perspectives. Now, for example, my regional perspective, I'm in the New York area, and my education was in the U.S. and Quebec. Now, I was blessed to earn my um, bac spécialisé and my maîtrise at Université Laval in Quebec, lived there for the entire time that I was doing all of that sure. for years. And I was lucky that it was the period following the Révolution Tranquille. So language and bilingualism was front and center. The importance of French was front and center. You know, I've taken that with me, like through my professional career, using language basically as a tool or my languages to help people. Okay. Sure. But um, how did we think about this? The regional perspective, you know, uh, became more and more important. So it was decided, and that was really, that was a decision of the entire editorial team to divide out the authors by the region starting with the global and then each specific region in the United States and within those sections to list the authors alphabetically. You know, there was no intention at any moment in the process to give any more attention or credit or to spotlight one author above the other because the stories are all great. They're wonderful. They're heartfelt. They're personal or they're academic and historical, but equally sure. great. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I very much liked the way that it ended up being structured. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is that this has gotten some media attention in various publications already. And so I would definitely like to give you an opportunity to kind of let people know where, who has written about this already, where they can find that. This is, it's been really, really cool. Well, you know, obviously, we have to thank uh, Kellogg and TBR Books. They had our book um, in, in pre-order and in pre-publication for really a while. Uh, back in the fall, they already had, had the cover ready to go. I remember the authors all saw the different versions of the covers. Yeah. There yeah. was a poll. You know, yeah. it was very democratic. Okay. <laughs> so they've had that going for a while. So people who are looking in their book catalog would have seen that. And then more recently, it was really great. I had actually a, an email from uh, the web editor at France Amérique Magazine. Now, for those of you who may not know who, what France Amérique Magazine is, it's a magazine that's been in, in existence really since, uh, the, since the Second World War, a long time, headquartered in New York, and really with a mission of uh, highlighting the commonalities uh, that exist between American um, and Francophone cultures. You know, it, uh, it is highly regarded, widely read, and I was delighted when um, uh, Clément Thierry contacted me and said he would like to write an article about the book. We were able to get him a copy of the, um, the, final, the final book, electronic copy, and then he and I spoke. The result was a really great article that has been on in the spotlight on the France Amérique homepage on their website. And it was a wonderful article. And um, Clément Thierry did a wonderful job, I think, in, you know, the few words that you have to use when you're writing an article for the web. Sure. In spotlighting all the important elements. You know, there's a great picture to lead off the article. There's a great picture of Scott Tilton and the folks at the New Foundation. And then um, basically uh, Clément Thierry goes through describing the different people who are in the book. He talks about uh, the, the, your podcast. He talks about the Poutine Fest. He talks about people from other parts of the countries and country and their contributions. And so, and also he concludes and he says something I've often thought, probably can't write it as eloquently as he did, but that, you know, if, if French remains in, invisible, or sometimes I might fear, perhaps in all the chaos of the modern world, sort of fades away a little bit. They have the word in French, recul, okay? If that were ever to happen, and I'm not saying that it is, that would be a terrible, terrible loss. Not to one sure. particular person, and not just to Franco-Americans, not just to people who are arriving here from francophone regions in the world to them certainly to all of you but also to all of us because that french perspective the great ideas of french language and culture the philosophy that really rests at the um, foundation of our nation declaration of independence you know uh, the close relationship between for example general Laf uh, marquis de lafayette george washington and through to this day you know, there are, are famous Frenchmen. We just had the centenary, centenary, hmm, centennial celebration, I guess, of um, the, I guess it's the birth of Jack Kerouac. 
famous, famous uh, Franco-American author from Lowell, Massachusetts. Absolutely. Um, you know, it would be a, a loss of all of that were French to somehow become less prominent. And he says that so well at the end of his article, it'd be lost for all of us. I mean, I guess one of the things I truly appreciate about the work you have done is you've made it very clear that you don't have to be of French heritage in order to be someone who cares passionately about the the language and the culture, especially here in the United States. And I think that's awesome. And I definitely need to thank our friends at France Amérique because it was really cool when I was able to walk over to my parents' house and show them my cell phone with an article that talked about the podcast in French Amérique. My parents thought that was very, very, very awesome. So I'm really happy that they, we were able to get that done. And this has been very cool. I'm glad we were able to do this episode for sure. But before we go, I definitely need to mention an event because this is something that we're... Jesse? Yes. Yeah. One more shout out. Please. There was another article in the press. Oh, yeah. The blog, yeah yes, 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 yes. In the blog, New York in French. Again, highlighting the role of French as one of the many languages in the tapestry that make up the United States, the multilingualism of the United States. Thank you. I appreciate that. The event I would like to talk about for sure is going to be taking place in New York City, the 5th of May. Already ready to go. I'm going to be there. My sister's going to be there. Tim and Melody, we're all traveling together. It's going to be an amazing time. Kathy, perhaps could you just introduce what is this event? Because it sounds like like a life, like once in a lifetime opportunity for all of us. Okay. Um, the ambassador of the organization, the international organization of the Francophonie, Iphigenia Contoleontos, has graciously offered to sponsor a book launch event scheduled for May 5th. Um, it's to be held um, online and in New York City in the offices of the OIF at the UN. Now, what is especially, it, this is a wonderful honor for all of us. What it adds another dimension to this honor is that it is going to be a book launch of, for our book, French All Around Us, but also this falls at the same time as the publication of the, the report anybody who's interested in French language and culture in the world. It's the report, La Langue Française dans le monde. So we are going to be uh, featured along with this global report on the francophonie. And it's an incredible honor for the authors. I'm hoping so many people, some of the authors will come. The organization has been extremely generous. They've also offered assistance to authors for whom it might be a hardship to travel to New York, because we are from across the country, sure. Detroit, Florida, Louisiana, you know, many different parts of the country, not just people who are like myself, who are blessed to be here <laughs> yeah, in, a lot, in little, New York. A little bit easier for you to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Walk across town, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, it's a great event, and the plan is, you know, this is still in the planning stages, the plan is for it to be a live event, you know, in New York, um, in the um, adjacent to the UN, and also for it to be broadcast. And there will be simultaneous translation. So for those who are speaking French, there'll be English available. And for those who are speaking English, there will be French available. And it will be broadcast in the US. It's scheduled to be a late afternoon into early evening event, Eastern time. Then it will be rebroadcast due to the time difference um, for Europe and for Africa. So, I mean, this is a tremendous honor for us to be um, 
to be uh, the focus of an event of the International Francophone Organization, which really has 88 members, including our own great state of Louisiana, not the U.S. yet, but our own great state. Of, and notice I said yet, and our <laughs> own great state of Louisiana, um, and also to be featured along with their 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 uh, four-year report. Uh, a great honor, and we are so grateful to them. It is going to be an amazing time, and I can note that it's not going to be the only event for this book. I know mean, we have a lot of details still to come. You're going to have to pay attention to Melody in her news segment for sure, but we definitely got more coming, especially something up here in the New Hampshire area. So thank you. Thank Jeff. you so much, Kathy, for coming on, talking about this new book, French All Around Us, French Language and Francophone Culture in the United States. Now, where can we send people in order to get this book? The book is available um, on the website of TBR Books. You can find TBR Books either by uh, Googling. If you don't have the website, Google Calic, C-A-L-E-C, and they will link to TBR Books, or you can go to TBR, TBR, to be read, books directly, um, and you'll find the catalog, the ordering information. I'm delighted that it is affordably priced. It's affordable. Almost anyone could afford it. It's a nice price point. Um, and it's because this is all not for profit. Nobody's making money from this book. So it's everybody can have it. Everybody who wants it can have it. That's awesome. We'll definitely make sure to link it in the description for this episode as well. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to plug before we go? Uh, Jesse, I really want to plug all the wonderful work that um, the New Englanders and the Franco-Americans are doing for French language and Francophone culture. You know, I'm probably the only person associated with the book who is not uh, of French heritage. And, but I, but I, I, I applaud you all for the work that you do. And thank you, Mike, for all the tech, tech assistance today. Well, thank you, Kathy, for joining us. And obviously the work you have done is paid off huge as we now have opportunities that, none of us could have ever, ever imagined when we got started in uh, pursuing Franco-American organizations. So thank you so much. This is very cool. Thank you, Jesse, for the opportunity. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair to think that everything they love we simply do not share. But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive. Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at FCL Podcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.